0: Section four of Eugene Onegin by Alexander Pushkin. Translated by Henry Spaulding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Canto the Second, The Poet. Part two. Twenty one. But when a boy he Olga loved, unknown as yet the aching heart, he witnessed tenderly and moved her girlish gaiety and sport beneath the sheltering oak tree's shade he with his little maiden played whilst the fond parents friends through life dreamed in the future man and wife and full of innocent delight as in a thicket's humble shade beneath her parents' eyes the maid grew like a lily pure and white unseen in thick and tangled grass by bee and butterfly which pass 22 'Twas she who first within his breast poetic transport did infuse and thoughts of olga first impressed a mournful temper on his muse farewell thou golden days of love T'was then he loved the tangled grove and solitude and calm delight the moon the stars and shining night the moon the lamp of heaven above To whom we used to consecrate a promenade In the twilight late, with tears, which secret sufferers love, But now, in her effulgence pale, A substitute for lamps we hail. Twenty-three. Obedient she had ever been, And modest, cheerful as the morn, As a poetic life serene, Sweet as the kiss of lovers sworn. Her eyes were of cerulean blue, her locks were of a golden hue, her movements, voice and figure slight. All about Olga, to a light romance of love, I pray refer. You'll find her portrait there, I vouch. I formerly admired her much, but finally grew bored by her. But with her elder sister, I must now my stanzas occupy. 24. Tatiana was her appellation. We are the first who such a name in pages of a love narration with such perversity proclaim. But wherefore not? Tis pleasant. Nice. Euphonious, though I know a spice it carries of antiquity and of the attic. Honestly, we must admit but little taste doth in us our names appear. I speak not of our poems here, and education runs to waste, endowing us from out her store with affectation, nothing more. 25. And so Tatiana was her name. Nor by her sister's brilliancy, nor by her beauty, she became the cynosure of every eye. Shy, silent did the maid appear, as in the timid forest dear even beneath her parents' roof stood as estranged from all aloof. Nearest and dearest knew not how to fawn upon and love express. A child devoid of childishness, to romp and play she ne'er would go, oft staring through the window-pane would she in silence long remain. 26. Contemplativeness, her delight, e'en from her cradle's earliest dream, Adorned with many a vision bright of rural life the sluggish stream, ne'er touched her fingers indolent the needle nor o'er framework bent. Would she the canvas tight enrich with gay design and silken stitch? Desire to rule ye may observe when the obedient doll in sport an infant maiden doth exhort polite demeanour to preserve gravely repeating to another recent instructions of its mother. Twenty seven, but Tanya ne'er displayed a passion for dolls, e'en from her earliest years, and gossip of the town and fashion she ne'er repeated unto hers. Strange unto her each childish game, but when the winter season came and dark and drear the evenings were, terrible tales she loved to hear. And when for Olga nurse arrayed in the broad meadow a gay rout, all the young people round about. At prisoners' base she never played. Their noisy laugh her soul annoyed, Their giddy sports she ne'er enjoyed. 28. She loved upon the balcony To anticipate the break of day, When on the pallid eastern sky The starry beacons fade away, The horizon luminous doth grow, Morning's forerunners, Breezes blow and gradually the day unfolds, in winter when night longer holds a hemisphere beneath her sway longer in the east inert reclines beneath the moon which dimly shines and calmly sleeps the hours away at the same hour she oped her eyes and would by candlelight arise 29 romances pleased her from the first her all in all did constitute in love adventures she was first, Rousseau and Richardson to boot. Not a bad fellow was her father, though superannuated rather. In books he saw not to condemn, but, as he never opened them, viewed them with not a little scorn, and gave himself but little pain his daughter's books to ascertain, which neath her pillow lay till morn. His wife was also mad upon the works of Mr. Richardson. 30. She was thus fond of Richardson not that she had his works perused, or that adoring Grandison, that rascal lovelace, she abused, but that Princess Pauline of old, her Moscow cousin, often told the tale of these romantic men. Her husband was a bridegroom then, and she, despite herself, would waste sighs on another than her lord, whose qualities appeared to afford more satisfaction to her taste. Her grandison was in the guard, A noted fop who gambled hard. 31. Like his, her dress was always nice, The height of fashion, fitting tight, But contrary to her advice, the girl in marriage they unite. Then her distraction to allay, The bridegroom sage without delay Removed her to his country seat, Where God alone knows whom she met she struggled hard at first thus pent nigh separated from her spouse then became busy with the house first reconciled and then content habit was given us in distress by heaven in lieu of happiness thirty two habit alleviates the grief inseparable from our lot this great discovery relief and consolation soon begot and then she soon twixt work and leisure found out the secret how at pleasure to dominate her worthy lord, and harmony was soon restored. The workpeople she superintended, mushrooms for winter salted down, kept the accounts, shaved many a crown, the bath on Saturdays attended, when angry beat her maids, I grieve, and all without her husband's leave. 33. IN HER FRIEND'S ALBUMS, TIME HAD BEEN, WITH BLOOD INSTEAD OF INK SHE scrawled, BAPTIZE PROSCOVIA PAULINE, AND IN HER CONVERSATION DRAWLED. SHE WORE HER CORSET, TIGHTLY BOUND, THE RUSSIAN N WITH NASAL SOUND SHE WOULD PRONOUNCE, la FRANCAIS. BUT SOON SHE ALTERED ALL HER WAYS. CORSET, AND ALBUM, AND PAULINE, HER SENTIMENTAL VERSES ALL, SHE SOON FORGOT, began to call Akolka, who was once Selene, and had with wadding in the end her caps and night-dresses to mend. 34. As for her spouse, he loved her dearly, in her affairs ne'er interfered, entrusted all to her sincerely, in dressing-gown at meals appeared. Existence calmly sped along, and oft at eventide a throng of friends unceremonious would assemble from the old neighborhood. They growl a bit, they scandalize, they crack a feeble joke and smile. Thus the time passes, and meanwhile Olga the tea must supervise. Tis time for supper, now for bed, and soon the friendly troop hath fled. Thirty-five they in a peaceful life preserved customs by ages sanctified strictly the carnival observed ate russian pancakes at Shrovetide, twice in the year to fast were bound of whirligigs were very fond of christmas carols song and dance when people with long countenance on trinity sunday yawned at prayer three tears they dropped with humble mien upon a bunch of lovage green gvas needful was to them as heir on guests their servants used to wait by rank as settled by the state thirty six thus age approached the common doom and death before the husband wide opened the portals of the tomb and a new diadem supplied just before dinner-time he slept by neighbouring families bewept by children and by faithful wife with deeper woe than others grief. He was an honest gentleman, and where at last his bones repose, the epitaph on the marble shows Demetrius Lorraine, sinful man, servant of God and brigadier, enjoyeth peaceful slumber here. 37 To his penates now returned. Vladimir Lensky visited his neighbor's lowly tomb and mourned above the ashes of the dead. There, long time sad at heart, he stayed. Poor Yorick, mournfully he said, How often in thine arms I lay, How with thy medal I would play, The medal Ochakov conferred. To me he would his Olga give, Would whisper, Shall I so long live? and by a genuine sorrow stirred, Lensky his pencil-case took out, and an elegiac poem wrote. 36. Likewise an epitaph with tears he writes upon his parents' tomb, and thus ancestral dust reveres. Oh, on the fields of life how bloom harvests of souls unceasingly by Providence's dark decree. They blossom, ripen and they fall and others rise ephemeral thus our light race grows up and lives a moment effervescing stirs then seeks ancestral sepulchres the appointed hour arrives arrives and our successors soon shall drive us from the world wherein we live 39 meantime DRINK DEEPLY OF THE FLOW OF FRIVOLOUS EXISTENCE, FRIENDS. ITS INSIGNIFICANCE I KNOW AND CARE BUT LITTLE FOR ITS ENDS. TO DREAMS I LONG HAVE CLOSED MINE EYES. YET SOMETIMES BANISHED HOPES WILL RISE AND AGITATE MY HEART AGAIN. AND THUS IT IS, TWOULD CAUSE ME PAIN WITHOUT THE FAINTEST TRACE TO LEAVE THIS WORLD. I DO NOT PRAISE DESIRE. Yet still, apparently, aspire my mournful fate in verse to weave, that like a friendly voice its tone rescue me from oblivion. 40. Perchance some heart twill agitate, and then the stanzas of my theme will not, preserved by kindly fate, perish absorbed by Lethe's stream. Then it may be, O flattering tale. Some future ignoramus Shall my famous portrait indicate and cry, He was a poet great! My gratitude do not disdain, Admirer of the peaceful muse, Whose memory doth not refuse My light productions to retain, Whose hands indulgently caress The bays of age and helplessness. End of Canto II